So what happened to the left? On today's episode, <laughs> we're going to be doing part two of what the fuck happened to the left. And of course we mean the left in the global north. Yeah. Yeah. So last time we discussed... Actually though, to, to be fair, I've heard from like Brazilians and in Latin America, some of this stuff has entered left politics, socialist, communist politics. Postmodern gender or identity. Post-mod- postmodernism, gender identity, critical race theory in the worst kind of way, kind of this twisted professional managerial class yeah. version of critical race decolonize theory. Decolonize your mind, not decolonize land. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not surprised. Well, on the last episode, we discussed until about 2010, 2012, mm from about 2006 or the, or the 2000s basically when when there was real organized politics prior to 2010 and there was not a clampdown on feminism so for example in 2009 as part of the goldsmiths feminist society i chained myself and other women did as well to the the doors of a nightclub to try and stop the miss university beauty pageant going ahead no one called us swerfs or said oh no it's great no one oh, did this. Oh, this was long over in Canada by 2010. Right. Long over, like, Canada was infected by this stuff much earlier. Yeah. Much earlier. Well, you're all about 10, 15 years ahead because yeah. you're at a more advanced stage of capitalism, basically. By advanced, I mean or neoliber- decaying. Or neoliberalism, a particular kind. I wouldn't yeah. say necessarily we're at a more advanced stage of capitalism. But late stage capitalism. Yeah, that, but I think, it's, I, think, I think that's a, a simplification, though. Like... You know, the UK has worse living standards, for yeah. example, compared to Canada. Um, I just think this very particular kind of professional managerial class okay. liberal ideology is further along. And hyper-individualization. Well, it's, it's, Canada is in America, so we're, it's, it's a very hyper-individualistic mm. country. It almost seems the more West ego... And maybe the more north? No, I think it's mainly west. Well, no one lives in the north, let's be serious. No, but I mean Canada, the north. Oh. And the north of north of, of the USA. The more north I you go. I don't mean the Inuit. I was trying to think about the worse politics gets, but actually yeah. it's not so much from the south to the north. It's the west. It's the, the east, west. It's east to the west. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. But Canada, but in Canada, it's been in the kind of, um, in the bureaucratic structure for at least since the early 2000s. Mm. Maybe not as advanced um, in terms of kind of this like Robin D'Angelo sort of um, fake anti-racism, but certainly the kind of really, the anti-feminist, anti-feminism being disguised as feminism right. has been around in Canada much longer, much, much longer. We've had We've had discussions about, like the Vancouver police do not prosecute um, men who buy and sell women in prostitution. That's been their position since the early 2000s. Even though it's it even is, though we it's have the Nordic, Even though we have the Nordic model in Canada in law. Right. So I would say here the main, it was mainly 2014 when there was this anti-feminist turn. It was really the rise of gender identity yeah. and it becoming a vehicle for people on the left who remained on you know in these tiny sets and kind of semblances of the organized supposed far left really by this point the degenerated liberal left it became something that they thought we could have a project through this that could reignite 
social struggle because this could be the new gay rights movement and we could be on the right side of it this time. Because yeah. let's remember that a lot of the left was not on the right side of that no. for a very long time. Yeah, and on abortion and other issues. Like, members of the Communist Party of Canada were calling gay liberation and abortion rights um, bourgeois identity politics until about 2010. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's still there's still a big contingent in the in the in the Communist Party of Canada that's anti-abortion even now. I think that the the Socialist Workers Party, which is now just another of the micro sects, but when it was a a big, you know, thousands of people, an actual kind of presence on every campus in the country, more than just a few posters as it is now. They did have positions that were really good on things like, um, you know, against queer theory, basically, mm-hmm. and they didn't just say as the Communist Party might, oh, well, this is identity politics, so it's all rubbish. It right. was the idea that this is postmodernism. This is then moving away from a structural analysis. This is this is essentially robbing the left of its leftism. It's really impressive that they were saying that, honestly. It makes me think, who like, that wasn't that long ago. Where are those people now? Are they just left the party? Are they quiet? Well, they, what, what? what happened was that in 2012 a central committee member named Martin Smith. I used a euphemism for him last time, the Comrade Delta euphemism. I don't give a fuck about this guy. He doesn't deserve anonymity. No. If he wants to fucking sue me, go ahead. But we all know that he was accused and that he did it. He orally raped a 17-year-old and a girl and sexually assaulted another 16-year-old girl. And this kind of came out uh, in a way where they made out as if this was a relationship and then they'd been, people had disapproved of it. Mm. And then they said, oh, this is moralism. Because no one would name that this was, that actual sexual violence had gone on, including, unfortunately, the girl's best friend who was there to represent her, one of these conferences about it, kind of meetings. Well, was she also a teenager? She was a teenager. She was young. She was in a room full of people. It just given this man a round of applause. And the reality is that women aren't equipped um, to have the confidence to start just saying rape, this is rape, he's a rapist. And like, I don't care that the age of consent is 16 in the UK. Like, if you fuck teenagers... You're a pedo. You're a pedo. If you're over... If you're not a teenager. If it's not within <laughs> two years. If you're not you're... like two, three years above. Yes, yeah. 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 It's ridiculous that the age of consent is that low in the UK. Well, it should be 18. It absolutely should be 18. With the Globally. Close of, with a close of age exemption of two years. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Maybe I'd make it three years <laughs> to be lenient. I'd also make it, though, three years until 21. You know, in Canada, they get real specific. They're like, 17-year-olds can have sex with 20-year-olds, but 16-year-olds can't have sex with 19-year-olds. Like, it's a real specific okay. thing. Well, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Anyhow, because of this situation and the failure of the SWP to deal with it, the party imploded and people left in waves. And everyone that I know has pretty much, that I knew from back then, left. Yeah. Apart from the people who had made it their life to the point that they, if they left, they wouldn't have an existence. Which is a, a kind of person. <laughs> a certain kind of person. Yeah. But it's actually, you know, this was one of the criticisms that the party had so many full-time members that were in uh, sorry not full-time members full-time organizers mm. that it become really apparatus heavy and then of course what you end up doing is just being thinking about reproducing yourself bureaucratically rather than wider struggles and so on and i think that what happened was the SVP became a micro sect like every other group on the far left 
you end up being out of touch because you can't be if you're you know a thousand or less people you can't be as involved in um national struggles as maybe you were you're not going to be as embedded in trade unions generally um there isn't this kind of collective you know like all the internal party discussions that would happen i really think whatever happened they they became just like other groups that were pretty much out of touch and became worried about their own existence and kind of just sunk into this existential crisis mm. of how do we reproduce ourselves and they were all of these groups because of the lack of popularity of genuine far left socialist marxist politics they they got to the point where i i think you know 75 80% of their members are over the age of 60 70 it's certainly true for the communist party and the, yeah, and the communist party of canada as well yeah which yeah. is which is why everything is now a nostalgia fest talking about the good old days of the 1980s and 70s because that's their heyday. Yeah. And I think the SWP became the same. And at that point they all started thinking, well how do we reproduce ourselves? We need to attract young people. Yeah. So what they would do is attract young people with the oh, you know, we're radical thinkers, here's some marks, isn't it good? But then they wouldn't bother disabusing those young people of this liberal identitarian postmodern crap they'd found off the internet. Mm. which they'd grown up with because they're the first generation to grow up with the internet they just didn't challenge any of it so if you look at a party like the communist party which i mean let's be clear is barely communist barely a party but their youth wing is pro porn basically yeah um doesn't want to challenge anything around transgenderism anything goes and everyone who's involved with it it's really an identity project for them yes. so i'll give an example i won't say his name but let's call him Marcus this young man i remember going to one of their meetings and he had floor to ceiling communist flags in his mm. bedroom yeah these big triangular and rectangular flags behind him and i thought wow this is the kind of thing you'd see hanging off a building not in some teenager's fairly small bedroom and this guy you know it seemed it seemed like it was his life and then eventually i think he got disaffected i don't know whatever happened and now he's an anarchist so you just jump from one area of politics that you can... And it's part of an identity of, like, building a personal brand. Yes. And, like, who am I? And it's all very online. And it tends to be a lot of men who are autistic. I got in trouble for saying that once online and being called ableist, but it's true. They're, like over, it is, they're overrepresented. They're, oh, they're definitely overrepresented. Like, there's a huge amount of autistic men who are attracted to... I just feel... I feel, like, a bit... Um, it's a bit difficult for me to engage in this conversation at all because I just can't take any of these people particularly seriously. They're like the most irrelevant um, kind of dregs of a political tendency that unfortunately, at least in the global north and, is, and in par mo most par many parts of the global south, has been long dead. It attracts fringe people, attracts fringe politics so you end up with real weirdos. In the United States, it's just a disaster. It's just people who are polyamorous, furry, um, porn addict, who, mentally who, ill. Who are there for social they reasons dance. because they can't they can't manage social contact with anyone else yeah. in the normal way that we all usually do, whether you have friends, lovers, work colleagues that you get along with, people you chat to on the internet, whatever. It, I did notice more and more that because the left was so desperate to have more numbers, mm. there would be this thing of, 
having open arms to any oddball whatsoever, right. no matter how bad they're going to make you look. There was a bit of distinction, though, which was they wouldn't be stood for elections and this kind right. of thing. And they might not have a forward facing job if they worked in the office. But there was certainly there was no kind of expectation of a personal development that maybe you'd want to seem or not but you know they, there was a there was an understanding of this so when people were chosen to go on tv as i think i said last time it was kind of someone that just seemed like the kind of people who'd be watching tv the the oddballs or the over intellectuals or whatever weren't the ones that would be selected to represent i mean this is just all us. completely foreign because you're talking about a party that has like a practice Which, such a yeah. thing doesn't exist anymore. it doesn't it doesn't exist now but so, i'm trying to say that at the time it did yeah. until this massive split in 2012, when that party fell into the same status as all the other microsects that just become concerned with reproducing themselves, which means you start to think in an in- inward, internal way, and it becomes about internal power battles rather than politics, basically. And I feel like today, even the groups that say that they're about politics aren't, which is why there is just repeated... Uh, meetings about the past of course we have to learn from the past we're historical materialists i'm very interested in the past but there's nothing outward looking there's no recruitment you know to join the communist party you have to have like three interviews you have to be vetted but i agree with that i think it's good to have all of that but i no come on if you're on a strike and you want a mass socialist party you go to that picket and if someone wants to join they join and you can develop them later yeah, but you, but the, the thing, but with law enforcement and stuff, you can't just be signing up everybody. What do you mean, law enforcement? I'm not talking about the police. Oh well, if you just sign up everybody, you end up with more than half of your members being police. That's, that's happened. Not in this country. In in the U.S., that's literally happened. Okay, well, in this you, country, the state very much has acknowledged that the far left is not a threat. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few things to say about it. I think that the first thing I think there was a real. I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, so it's not necessarily an original take, but there was a real lack of reckoning with the the end of the USSR mm-hmm. and what that means um, for communists um, in the global north, in the imperial core, in whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people, rather than looking to the leadership of a country or a party in Cuba, for example, or Venezuela or Nicaragua or Vietnam, these kind of revolutionary processes, hell, even China, um, I think there was like, a real um, existential crisis that happened. And at this point, I mean, I think most communist parties, uh, at least the ones that were supported by the USSR, like CPB, right? Uh, yeah. Or were set CPG? up? CPG? CPGB? No, CPG. Oh, CPG. What's CPG? Com- communist Party of Great. Come <laughs> on. Is the Communist Party of Britain. Okay, CCB? Yeah. CCB is what I said. I, was I never heard it called that, but yeah, is the, yeah, and CPGB were they're they're also the a, a communist party, but apparently, I mean, it literally came down to the fall of the USSR, yeah. the list in Moscow, who was listed as the official communist party was the Communist Party of Britain, right? Not CPGB, despite the fact they had and I believe have more numbers, right? And it just came down to some bureaucratic list in Moscow, and but they directly got their instructions from Moscow, yeah. Um, so yeah, after the fall of the USSR, I think there was a real lack of um, reflection about how things were going forward. 
<clears throat> and then there was projects like Workers, Ro Workers World Party in the U.S. and then um, Party for Socialism and Liberation, which, from my understanding, came out of a split from Workers World, though no one has been able to tell me what that split was about. And it makes me think that it was really about personalities and not about politics, because yeah. if it were a political reason... What year did it happen? Oh, I don't know. The, the early 2000s, Well, then I think. it was probably personalities, unfortunately. I think it probably was... But it's just a bit ridiculous that you have someone like Gloria Lariva, um, who is a woman who met with Fidel Castro, is a very serious communist, who's the leader of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. And then there's just been this, I think, because of this existential fear that things are going down, that what are we going to do? They've just been recruiting everyone and ev everything and everyone. And instead of taking a principled stance and saying, no, we're Marxists, we're materialists, this is what that means for our sexual politics. This is why we're opposed to prostitution. All these it's different... o the abolition of prostitution is only mentioned four times in the Communist Manifesto. And this is our opinion on race. On um, this is how we believe that we'll achieve um, racial equality. Um, rather than taking a principled stance, they just kind of bended and waved. And then you have a party led by Gloria Lariva who um what are they called again for party for socialism and liberation psl okay. and how many members do they have in the u.s now um i really couldn't say but they're thousand yeah they're big for the left in the u.s which basically doesn't exist yeah they're big and they're a maoist party they're a very specific very specific set but you know gloria lariva is a very serious person um, and yeah, rather than taking a principled stance, I think just out of an existential fear, they recruited everyone and any, anyone. And now branches of parties of so, party of socialism, party for socialism and liberation have done things like tried to get men into women's bathrooms right. in local school boards and that sort of thing. And Gloria Lariva, interestingly, was called cis at a committee meeting. And she said, I don't know why you're calling me cis. I don't know if you would call a white woman the same thing. I find that a bit racist. And then everyone went around saying that Gloria Lariva was a transphobe. Um, so there was this real crisis of recruitment. And I think I think sexual politics for communists has been an issue for a long time. And I mean, we've touched on these kind of themes uh, before on this podcast. But there has been a real lack of response, I think, to feminism and a real lack of response to the sexual revolution um, to the women's movement and there hasn't been kind of a coherent sexual politics that has been formed um, in communist spaces and what that means is that postmodernists, queer theorists, um, sex positive people were able to come in and fill that gap and fill that gap and it's, it's this also... coupled with this this kind of existential threat yeah. um, and fear of the police and 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 which is most um, communist parties in the U.S. just spend their um, time absolutely terrified of law enforcement because of what happened in Communist Party USA, which at one point had something like 100,000 members and was destroyed in a matter of years by the CIA. During the 1970s? Uh, no. Um, when was it really? Was it 1950s and 40s? Before right. McCarthyism. The Communist Party here had 100,000 members in the 1940s and then in the 80s it had 50,000. Mm. And yeah. I mean, I feel like socialist parties, cause, I mean, let's be honest, it's the, it's the socialist parties that you see more of. I mean, I didn't even know what the Communist Party was a, a few years ago. Well, that's the thing, we're talking about these people as if 
They have clout. They, and they don't. But, but, so, so but, socia- but socialist parties did until about a decade ago. So it is in important Britain. yeah, in Britain to look and think yeah. about what a lot of people in trade unions, Mick Lynch, you know, today over half a million people marched on the streets on strike from public sector jobs. There's a lot of people, you know, Jeremy Corbyn's a socialist. So socialism is still... Where the US socialist is a bad word. You can't be called it. Your life is over. Socialism, at least in the UK, is still part of the conversation. It's just far less part of the conversation. And for me, I think that one of the things that the left was um, saw as competition, in fact, was that feminism or other groups would come along and they would talk about these quote-unquote sexy issues of, you know, uh, prostitution and porn. And actually, it was very attractive. Women want to talk about this stuff because they're aware that it's to do with them and often have contradictory feelings around them and hear really contradictory messages. It's like when the slut walks existed, I couldn't decide whether I was for them or against them Mm -hmm. because no one had given me an overarching analysis that was decisive or convincing and well just that had a you know a had a line. had a through line and that yeah. you know women were structurally oppressed and if that once i understood that i could see where those kind of things fitted within the map and total landscape of you know women's history and women's oppression but i think that they saw this stuff as very competitive you know queer theory oh am i queer yeah. oh it all sounds so interesting and sexy all of this stuff very much and, and then you've got these fuddy duddies that want to talk just about you know the economy or their class reductionists right. and their politics on race use are pretty value. shit and yeah <laughs> use value versus exchange value how sexy or even kind of still banging on about palestine and you feel like oh every time i talk about palestine i get in trouble but that's their cause and you know stop the war by this point kind of died a death as well um because the uk was pulling out of iraq and blah blah i think that by then saying okay well we'll just have those politics it was a way to say, well, we'll then be able to attract the next generation or whatever. Well, at least that won't be our competition anymore. And we're relevant and we, we're, we're, yeah, we're personally and relevant. let's be honest, they never gave a fuck about no. women. No. I remember when stuff to do with women or feminism would come up. And in fact, it was Martin Smith, the rapist himself, who would say, oh, but that's feminism. We're not feminists. Right. It was about socialism will solve the woman question. So yeah. we don't need to think about it. And to be honest, I at the time agreed because I I said there's no strategy with feminism. With yeah. socialism, there's a very clear strategy of revolution. Yeah. And even if a revolution doesn't do everything you want, it pulls society in a certain direction. Uh, there's all kind of competing theories. There's tactics, there's principles, all these different, there's different formation of groups, united front, popular front, um, democratic centralism, all kinds of things. I mean, I just don't know how much communist women can eat shit and eat their own dignity again and again and again throughout history. I mean, all these women who are so proud of themselves for being orthodox communists and giving up feminists. I mean, look at your own history. Aren't you embarrassed? The way Colin Tai was treated. Yeah. I've heard women say, oh, I've given up feminism like Colin Tai. Like, oh, so that you can be completely fucked later in your life. You know, Colin Tai... You can read her biography that biography by that one woman is very good she tried to set up women's only classes or classes for women women workers in factories and you know she ran it by the party officials and they said oh for women only that sounds a bit strange she said well no i think it would be a good idea for this and this revolutionary reason they said okay sure 
she, she rented a place or she organized a, a facility to have these classes and she'd come home and she'd come, she, she arrived there with the women and some men from the party had shown up and wrote, sorry, no women allowed. Yeah. Like how, like how much, and then this woman goes to feminist meetings and heckles women about how they should join the communist revolution. I just don't know where your dignity is. I don't know how and, and much she, shit you can eat. And she was eventually exiled. Right? Yes, yeah, completely. Given a post out of the country to get rid of her. Yeah. Despite, well, this is this is when I started to think, look, I mean, look, I still have the question of what is the feminist strategy? There isn't one. Yeah. But I remember feeling like, if I'm a little bit feminist, like I have any concern around mm. rape or sexual violence or paedophilia or abortion rights or anything, you are vilified anyway. Yeah. as a feminazi so i may as well be a feminazi be fully in yeah. my dignity yeah. right be fully oh no i don't want any of this actually i don't just want to tolerate it i don't want to this idea that we could make prostitution better by having softer mattresses and longer work breaks because this was a kind of end yeah, yeah. end of discussions that we'd have is that there'd be some really normal working class people that were part of the socialist workers party men and women and a party organizer and i remember hannah d this the, the student organizer coming to speak to us saying well this is what prostitutes want and it's like no most prostitutes actually want to leave prostitution anyway but this idea that well you know it was just the way to silence it was to just say no because we want them to organize as workers and my question now still is i've never got an answer what for what makes prostitution better for women how can a woman sustain being fucked by 36 men a day mm -hmm. they already use anesthetic cream to try and get their genitals to not hurt as much forgetting because you know the human woman's body is not made to get fucked 36 times a day by strangers um i guess she could drink loads of alcohol and take lots of drugs to yeah. be pretty much out of it they already do that again softer mattresses longer work breaks free pizzas for lunch like what is the plan here what are the rights because for me the only right is to not be raped you know you know in 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 healthcare jobs and all kinds of jobs you're not supposed to have contact direct contact with body fluids right. this is one of the things the unions fought for you want a man to put his dick in a woman's anus for work yeah and what does this mean sex work is work what is it what are you saying about sex and sexuality if sex becomes work well, who is working for who? Is pedophilia child labor? Exactly. At what point does this logic end? Of course, we know implicitly, because you're all a bunch of fucking misogynists, that when a man and a woman is having sex, the woman is working and the man is receiving. Exactly. That's the statement that you're making about women. And I would get this, ooh, this whole thing about this is what the prostitutes want. I mean, this is ridiculous. Do you think women want to be fucked by strangers? What are you saying why, about women? Why aren't they doing it now? And I, Where are these women wanting to have sex with strangers on the street right now? And it's actually so... For free. It's actually so racist. When you get to the end of it, when you fall, you say, okay, so do you think that your, your girlfriend wants to be fucked by strangers? Do you think that your mother would want to be fucked your by strangers? Your daughter. Like, explain it to me. It's always no. Eastern European, Eastern European, Asian, and Black women are some kind of specific set of women who love being fucked by strangers day in and day out until they die premature deaths. That's ultimately what it comes down to, is that there's this kind of woman who's a whore, who deserves it, who is more physically able to deal with it, who exists for our sexual gratification, and these kinds of women are earmarked for sexual exploitation, and they're always women who are Eastern European, Asian, or black. Yeah. 
it's really, really like I, 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 I ultimately that's what it comes down to. It becomes a race thing in the end. Yeah. And it's not to say that white women obviously aren't in prostitution. I know Eastern European women are white, but that's what they believe. But they go, oh, but then the migrant women, you know, we have to. So you think migrant women want to get fucked by 57 men per day? No, no, no. But maybe, you know, they always think there's a special kind of woman who's usually not, who's usually poor, migrant, not white. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. They always try to use these cover stories, which is, I don't know, Jamie is a sex worker she and it's just a woman who is on OnlyFans yes, yeah. and is getting $57 a month by the like five Because cents. she has low self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. And, like It's like, no, I'm sorry. This is, I don't even like this expanded term to sex worker. Other than the worker, a prostitute is a physical encounter, basically. Well, yeah, this is what sex work becomes a euphemism. Yeah. And that that union, that so-called union, that fake union, the international sex workers of the world or whatever, fuck it, the big one, yeah. they consider pimps and and um, human traffickers yeah, sex no, it, workers. Which is basically like um, omitting managers into trade unions. And apparently they had a bit bosses. of an internal conflict and in the fact that pimps were actually sex workers won out in the end. Huh? So you can be a pimp and call yourself a sex okay, worker and have right. memberships to this union. Yeah, well, a friend of mine lives opposite the office of the supposed English union of prostitutes, and he just said no one ever goes in or out. Like, it's a fake. It's fake. It's, it's fake. completely fake. And a lot of them and, are and the, funded. But and the woman who runs it and always does the speaking on behalf of it used to be a prostitution woman. Now she's a madam. So she's a female pimp. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like 70 now. Oh, when a and lot this of, is her full-time job. And a lot of these people make up histories of prostitution. Yeah. Um, it's very common. Um, or they'll do things like OnlyFans or whatever. I'd I, I like to see these um, trafficked, or women, the word trafficked is obviously very loaded. These women who are brought into the global north under dubious pretenses, usually from Southeast Asia or Eastern Europe, I would like to see those women talk about legalization. I never have, not once. No. Not no. once. I remember once being at a RS21 meeting at Oxford University. So you can imagine the kind of people that were there, right? Generally very middle class. Mm. And there was a cleaner who didn't speak English who was on the panel. So normal mm. working class migrant woman. And then there was a middle class white student talking about her sex work. <laughs> And the translator was translating it for, I think she was Mexican or I can't remember where she's from, but she was translating it for the woman. And just her face throughout the, like the face of horror yeah. as she heard the translations. And I was like, yeah, this is a litmus test about whether what you're saying is bullshit or not. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that half of these women are not sex workers. They're not. They're not prostitutes. No, they're not. They're it's- women who sell OnlyFans. Like, I'm sorry, like, this is terrible. I'm a baddie, whatever. It's usually white, overweight, yeah. middle-class women who... Um, who don't put, get enough attention from men as they would like. As they would like. So they put nudes on OnlyFans and make about $50 a month. And they can go around calling themselves sex workers. Basically, it's trying to make the claim, I'm so sexy, yeah. I can, you know, men will pay me for photos. A prostituted women are not thinking like this because you just they just get fucked there is not a look 
sort of to be a prostituted woman. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily conventionally attractive or not. Yeah. Right. I've seen all types in various cities in the UK when driving around. Um, it's it's always this claim to I'm so sexy. I do this, and it's kind of daring the other person to say, "Really? Yeah." Because you just don't look like the kind of person I'd imagine on OnlyFans. But of course, no one does yeah. out of politeness. Yeah. And so there's just, yeah, this blue, kind of blue, purple haired, obese, usually white, usually middle class woman saying this stuff to you. And you're thinking, well, yeah. And it's just it's just for their own validation yeah. and, and playing this game in their head and really their, their own fucking psychosexual universe. Yeah. And it's just disgusting to do this on the backs of... Yeah, poor women from the global south. The statistic I always pull out is that 70% of all Nigerian women in Italy were sex trafficked into the country. Yeah. And, you know, it's very clear what this industry is. Very, very clear. I love these communists who are in favor of a like a $10 billion sex industry or whatever it is. Also a hilarious turn of events. I know. It's like you want women to have longer lunch breaks at the factory yeah. when they work in the textile industry, but you're happy for them to have their anus ripped when they worked in the sex industry. Lovely. But also this idea that as a radical socialist or communist, whatever yeah. you want to call yourself, that what you want is not a change in the means of production and the total reorganization of our society to the betterment of the majority. Mm. You just want a softer mattress for a woman to get fucked on. Yeah. What, how? Because the thing, this is such a turn away from the origins. I was reading Clara Zetkin's interview with Lenin this week, and he says, you know, contradictory things. Sometimes good things about women's stuff, you know, should be prioritised or whatever, and often also saying, but hang on, we're at civil war. This can't believe that women comrades are so concerned with this. But, you know, in the end, he says, look, we're doing a lot. And he lists it and he says, education classes for women. There's even classes in house, uh, like household stuff, like how to be better at household stuff, i.e. get stuff done quicker, more efficiently, whatever. Collective laundries, um, canteens where people can go. So the woman just isn't in the home responsible for everyone's food that evening. She's not responsible for, you know, doing everyone's washing when there's a, a laundrette. And yeah. the people that work on your street, three of them run the laundrette. You, that's where you take your clothes. You don't just have to, you know, have the mother in the home um, picking up after everybody doing it. He's had kindergartens, nurseries, schools. He made it very clear. And, yeah. he, and he says very clearly, communism is the only way women could have real freedom. I don't think that is necessarily true. And I also don't think that communism would necessarily mean that. But he, at the end of that, he says, and it will even free the bourgeois woman because yeah. the bourgeois woman is oppressed as yeah. a woman. This is far and away a bazillion times better than the vast majority of any men today who call themselves communists or socialists. Well, Fidel talked about a revolution within a revolution. Right. He said our first he said our communist revolution did not solve the issue of machismo, the issue of domestic violence, the issue of reproductive rights in our country. We need a revolution within a revolution. So you have men who have actually gone through and been leaders in a revolutionary process, not spent time on fucking discord and listening (laughs) to podcasts, talking frankly about the challenges and the reality of women living in their countries and living through these revolutionary processes. And then you have this like, oh, I'm a class reductionist. Well, you're you're just you're anti-Leninist. Yeah. You're anti-Marxist. You're anti-Marxist. This is a ridiculous assumption to make. 
and has not been followed by any country that has gone on any revolutionary process so far that yeah. I'm aware of. Well, this just shows how degenerate things are in the global north. Well, I think that thing that you said once was very good, which is that online communism is like identity politics for white working class men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's and, and that's often what it's turned into. But And to go back to this kind of period that we're trying to discuss, which is yeah. like 2010 to the present, really, we'll do another episode on the present and what we think is going to happen in the future. I remember looking at some of the socialist accounts on Twitter that I like, you know, Navarra, they do some good stuff. Obviously, they're terrible on the woman question. But they're like social democrats, and I'd rather live in a social demo- democracy, democracy than yeah. a neoliberal. Well, I prefer my interlocutor to be like Aaron Bastani than some centrist politician sure yeah so but i remember looking and seeing that if you look at these different socialist accounts different socialist um figures on twitter again i don't would they even call themselves socialists anymore i don't know if you look at who follows them there's like one in seven accounts is a woman yeah the same for a socialist group communist party whatever it is and it's clear that because of their lack of you know genuinely emancipatory women's politics Women just aren't going to them. No. And the men, the men are, like, the women who do go um, nowadays. Maybe are the women who will eat shit? Are the women who will eat shit or they're uh, mentally ill, disturbed women who want attention from low-value men. That's a bit of a thing, yes. It's like, I'll have all these, like, autistic, kind of, like, hyper-online virgin men who will pay attention to me. And I'll have a I'll have a group of yeah. Like I'll have like a tribe of men who will be adoring to me. That yeah. like communist hot girl thing is very It is a thing. It, and it's very that. It's like I have this captive audience of men who will And it's a quote unquote low value woman within the heterosexual hierarchy who again is validation seeking because she hasn't had her fill of it yet. Well, women are, I mean, cue the were misogynist comments. Like, women are validation-seeking for men because that's how women are socially constructed under patriarchy. If you're looking for a podcast where we all go, women are lovely and wonderful and fully formed feminist beings out the womb. Women are angels. You're, well, or that women have, like, revolutionary consciousness and all yeah. women know uh, exactly that it's terrible to be ex- objectified by men and never self-objectify. This is not a podcast for you. But but also, no, my point is, women do outgrow that. They often, yes, they, they do. do the heterosexual cycle. They realise it's pretty... Shit. A pretty bad deal. Yeah. And then they, st- I get that they stop. But at the same time, they're usually of a certain age where men stop also looking for them. Yes. And yeah. giving them uh, this validation. So chicken or egg thing, whatever. It's generally young women. Yeah, yeah, it is young women. Yeah. yeah. And those women end up, like, pretty miserable. If they stay and, and have children with those kinds of men. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's just, but it has led to this situation where any woman that would challenge this, you just get expelled very quickly. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what's happened. And that's what happens. I mean, there are entire branches of just men in the Communist Party. Oh, it's like incredibly <laughs> male dominated. And there'll be like 10 of these goofball men. Goofball isn't funny, not goofball isn't pedophile. That's Sorry, for the Canadians. For the Canadians. <laughs> um, but there'll be like 10 of these goof men and then like one like um, communist hot girl figure and like dark lipstick. Yeah. Or like a woman and like in kind of like the post left sort of milieu, there'll be like a woman who thinks she's like Anna Katchen, mm. who's wearing like a floppy French style hat or something. And I think those women probably grow out of it and move on often within a couple of years. Yeah. Like I imagine it gets boring pretty quick. Yeah. Because those parties don't do anything now. Not really. 
No. They, no, they, they just no. have internal meetings. And I, but honestly, this is unfortunately due to COVID. This is what people started to really enjoy was just, well, you know, this evening rather than going out somewhere, I'll go to an online meeting. There's like a few groups that do like, um, that are very like education focused and do like classes and things. I think yeah, that's fine. That's good. Like that one that was SWP split off that has a Canadian branch. Um, oh. International Marxist Tendency. Okay. They have like a Canadian branch called Fight Back, I think. And they do like classes and stuff. I mean, I think if you're going to do anything in this space, like doing like classes and education is probably Going back the best. to basics is, is probably, probably required. <laughs> you can do, yeah. I mean, I just get to this point where, I mean, you know, there's some men that I really like on the left and they're men that get it, but... I can't sit being thought of as a half human when we're talking about the liberation of humanity. Yeah. That for me is too much of a great contradiction because that's what they're pitching. And then I just think, but you've not referred to half of humanity here. So I don't believe that you're the true in the way. I don't believe what you're saying. No. I don't believe you're competent or capable and, yeah, if we compare you to successful revolutionary men, you're, they're very different to you, you know? I'm not saying yeah. that I wouldn't work with men in the right context. Of course I would. But there has to be a certain fucking calibre. There has to be a certain recognition of women's subjectivity and subject position. I think I would work in a um, mixed-sexed party setting with a party in which I agree with the the politics of if there was an agreement that male violence against women is a political problem. Yeah. A B you cannot buy and sell women's bodies and C um, being a woman is not an idea in a man's head. Yeah. Um, and that maybe D working class men are fully capable and do oppress working class women. If I could find any party that agreed on any of those points, I would join tomorrow. I just don't think one exists no. because the two, first of all, all these are like hyper irrelevant, tiny, tiny, tiny sex of people. Um, but they split into crazy, querio, furry, po polyamorous, other kin, fucking mentally pedophiles. ill, pedophiles, or um, like class only 72 year old men. No, or like class only as like disturbed men who were like all right. But you're two talking years ago. even about the young ones. The ninety yeah. percent of them, let's be honest, are over seventy today. There's definitely not a contingent online of like men who call themselves like Stalinist, class only as class redux mm. men who are were alt right a few years ago and have found this instead now. That's true, but I don't think they are even involved in the organized No, no. In the in the micro sex left. No, they're it's not. It's just an online Again, just this poli this politics of performance. I mean, I really do think a lot of what Judith Butler writes is dog shit, but I become increasingly convinced with this idea that politics has been reduced to a fucking performance. Yeah. And that who you really are at home, just keep that a secret. You're real, um, you know, you just need to do some political sloganing. Oh, not even sloganing, but some political gesturing. You never need to get involved in real politics because that's difficult and hard work and often not very rewarding that seems to be it it's like which football team do you support that seems to be what the far left is now yeah and you know that thing you told me about chris hedges who's a christian communist he's a communist no. socialist 
Yeah, I would say a Christian leftist. He's not. He's anti-communist. He's not a communist. What do you mean by he's anti-communist? Um, he opposes the USSR. He opposed the Communist Party of Germany. He went on a very long rant about that in this particular book. Okay. Calls himself anti-communist very explicitly. Uh, Is he against Cuba? No, he's like a, he's wow. a socialist. He's a social democrat. He's a left. He's a Christian lefty social democrat. He's definitely okay. not a well, communist. Well, I know a lot of people like that that call themselves communist. Anyway, I don't care what anyone called himself. This guy, he spoke to Lee Lakeman of Vancouver Rape Relief, and yeah. she said, "Of course, we would work with the left, but we our line is oh, you, we have to have an agreement that you can't buy and sell women." And I've not found a left group that is willing to accept that yeah. and therefore we can't work with them because we're an organization against rape yeah so yeah that's their red line yeah you know um and i find it really odd that there is this big discourse within feminism about let's not work with the right uh mm. you know these people oppose say on abortion trans- on transgenderism. on transgenderism because these people oppose abortion but it's like well if if, if surely um, an organisation set up to oppose rape can manage to just have the red line of you can't defy the one thing that is our singular issue, why couldn't we have a single issue campaign around um, women's rights and transgenderism and work with anyone other than fascists? I, I, I mean, and all of these women who are saying this now have been working with either Christian groups or right-wing groups on the issue of prostitution and at times for at shared- least 20 years yeah. And shared platforms and money. And With crypto-fascists like Milo Yiannopoulos. Well, that's a different kind of... Yes, that, that has happened. Yeah, a lot of the women now have either shared platforms with... Who are now claiming that they're um, socialist feminists, which is a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious thing to say. It's women who have either spoken at um, Tory party conference... Yeah or who have run as Tory members in council elections. So conservatives, members of the Conservative Party of Britain, some of these women are now claiming to be socialist feminists well, to do a dunk on Posey Parker. And I don't mind if you um, have a political trajectory, but you have to fucking explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really odd. Really anyway, odd. A lot of these a lot of a lot of women this this question didn't come up when women were working with say, Catholic groups or the Republican Party on legislation around prostitution and pornography. Uh, It's just this weird um, sort of flailing that's happening now around the question of transgenderism. And I don't know if it's just because it's super hot button. I don't know know, if it's... I know. It's to do with the political map of internal sort of radical feminism. And it's about just being like, we're a tribe within this group. Yeah. And I need to nail my colours to their mast. It's not even political, really, which is why there's very little argument around it. Um, the only argument that I've found that had, well, <laughs> A, argument that someone actually gave me and B, that I thought had some credence is someone that said, we kind of have to only do feminism from the left because we have to win the Labour Party because they'll win the next general election. I said, well, A, you weren't saying that before the last general election when it was Corbyn. Yeah. B, they're not going to win the next general election because the Tories always just do some sneaky, clever thing, which is taking on some of Labour's policies and giving them to people. And Labour's policies aren't that radical anymore and they can do that very easily. The last election was about Brexit. This one, yeah. 
the, the flavor out of power for the next few generations. It's obvious. So that's, I don't, I, and otherwise I was like, yes, I can at least see this as a coherent argument. Otherwise there isn't an argument. Um, and, but my point was going to be, why is this even a discussion just about the right when it's the left yeah. who are terrible on porn, prostitution and trans? The right is terrible. And historically on, terrible in Britain, terrible on paedophilia. Yeah, terrible on paedophilia. The yeah. right is terrible on, no, sorry, abortion, yeah. um, gay marriage, whatever. But you can stomach working with the left, but not the right. I know, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I think it's because they kind of already, the left won't work with them, so it's not up for debate. But I think they would, because that's the Labour Party. That's who they're talking about. But I mean, look, you know, the Labour Party, aside from this, in my argument, would be a lot more. These are a bunch of centrist right-wingers who, when they were in government, they began the cuts era, they began austerity, and they did think that they wanted to introduce ID cards. They killed over a million people in Iraq. The yeah. Labour Party, of which I'm known, by the way, but let's be honest, is disgusting. Completely disgusting. So I don't understand even why. Why would you turn your nose up at the right wing, but not the left at the moment? And it's, a bit, it's a bit, I mean, it gets a bit like semantic and who's left and who isn't. But like the Labour Party, I, I'm the political illiteracy is just like quite high. Yeah, there are people who are like, oh, but they are socialist and feminist because they're members of the Labour Party. Oh god, so is every fucking Blairite, fucking New Labour. Well, let's this, destroy every social. S- because of Blair, there's a lot of people in Labour who are to the right of members of the Conservative Party. There right. are also, if you are a socialist, if you're a left radical, you are often witch hunted out of the Labour Party. Today, do people not know that though? When they no. say, "Oh, this person's a socialist feminist because they're a member of Labour," no, and people don't understand that most of the people calling themselves socialists or even social democrats or whatever are just massive liberals. And to be liberal is not to be left wing. Oh my God, to have the dominant ideology <laughs> fully imbibed and reproducing it—how are you counter opposed to this? Well, this is why I just kind of refuse to call myself anything. <laughs> you have to a bit no though. i do a bit but like i used to really roll my eyes when people would say that i'm like oh yeah you're above ideology aren't you evolved i'm not saying that but i'm not i'm no longer going to um label myself not because i would be perfectly happy labeling myself a radical feminist um in that I'm confident in a lot of radical feminist analysis, I think it informs a big part of my... It has a uniquely valuable take. It has a uniquely valuable take. I'm certainly closer to radical feminism... Than any other feminism. Than pro- any other kind of feminism I'd be happy to. But unfortunately, people think that means that you're associated with a particular tribe of people. And I'm not. Um, I'm not. No. I'm not associated with them and I don't want to be. Similarly, I don't want to call myself a socialist feminist, though I am a socialist, comma, feminist, um, because that just means woman who opposes Posey Parker, apparently. (laughs) Well, Um, outside, outside of those eight people, it means woman who's in the Communist Party and eats shit every day. Yeah, exactly. Woman who's in the Communist Party or in the Labour Party or in... Um, Communist Party of Canada or in whatever number of socialist organizations who just eats absolute shit from men day in and day out and gets absolutely nothing back for it other than like um, maybe 
a bureaucratic position because no, no, of who not. her husband is. Maybe if you have um, some clout, you'd be allowed to speak on a panel as long as all the men agreed that you could. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's all you'd be allowed to do. I, I agree. Um, I always think that I want to be able to make really clear, like, I have a radical feminist analysis, but if you really think, oh, but you're nothing like me, I know. Yes. I We are not the same. I know. No. I'm an unusual woman. I have an eclectic range of ideas. I agree with lots of things that Freud said, Marx said, da 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 I'm not trying to even make a claim about what radical feminism should be or that radical feminism should involve Marx. So I tend to just say I have a radical feminist analysis of women's issues. But unfortunately, radical feminism isn't a methodology and it isn't no. an approach. And there is not enough theory been done to develop that. Uh, it would be Marx is the methodology and approach that you can have, you know, Marxism to anything really. So I think that one of the things that, I mean, I can't, I don't want to call my, I, don't, I, don't, I also feel I don't want labels, but Jane Claire Jones has started calling herself a radical materialist feminist to combine feminist materialism and radical feminism. And I think that's probably where I am at. <laughs> but I just, I just want to defend Marx though and be like, I am actually a Marxist. This is actually what Marx said. Well, I, Marx wasn't a fucking idiot. Well, I, I'm, I think Marx has, there's no other thinker maybe other than Andrea Dworkin in a very different kind of way. I'm not comparing them to say that they're analogous figures in any way. But Marx has been the single most important figure in my intellectual life, in my political life. And so I'm happy to call myself a Marxist. But what I'm not, I'm, but this, these conversations are ridiculous. This kind of navel gazing. Mm. Who am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What ideas? What is my perfect analysis of the world yeah. that I'm going to come up with well, one that's grand like, theme? I'm not interested in constructing like, an advert for myself exactly. with which to interact with people online. I just don't care. The same way I don't care if anyone likes me. I mean, it's like, it's so radical to say as a woman, I don't care if I'm liked or not, or if people agree with me or not. I'm not interested in this. So by, I'm, by almost refusing to say, oh, well, look, I just, I'm a this or I'm a that. I'm actually just trying to say, like, I don't have an image that you can try and see if you can reflect yourself in. I don't want you to. But also, in, in different points in history, to say that you were a member of a particular political tendency meant something. Mm. Actually, when you were in Weimar, Germany, and you said, you know, um, Mr. Schmutz is a social democrat but mr schwartz is a communist this meant something yeah it meant something about what that person believed how they spent their time what their values were who their friends were it meant something these these political tendency labels have become nothing but kind of a pseudo astrology kind of like ooh, what does it say about your personality and who you are on the internet and it ends up being a power um, struggle for these tiny islands and bontestans that yeah. remain that are based on personality not politics yeah. and that's ju i'm just so disinterested in it yeah me too so i'm like i would say i'm a radical feminist though i'm very opposed um to many of the ways in which radical feminism has been interpreted as a strategy, namely political lesbianism, I find absolutely repugnant. So I want nothing to do with it. And the kind of, and, and generally speaking, the kind of lifestyle politics, cultural feminism, yeah. this kind of like, I'm going to be a vegan and um, grow out my armpit hair and live on a kibbutz or whatever. I'm just like, it's so boring. Well, cultural feminism is distraction from what 
strategic feminism could be, whether reform or revolutionary. Yeah, like I'm, I'm more, this is the thing. Sometimes I'm like, I so don't want to be associated with that particular kind of radical feminist. I'm more, I have more, I have in some sense more respect for liberal feminist, liberal feminist in the classic sense of the term, not liberal feminist as in a pro-prostitution, pro-gender identity feminist, liberal as in a reformist feminist. Yeah. I have more respect for reformist feminists. Well, it's actual politics because it's yes. about actually changing the world. Yeah, yeah. And not women yourself. who participate in like bourgeois politics. I have more respect for these women. But, but, this, than... is, but this is really what has, to go back to the, the heading of the podcast, which is that it is individualism, yeah. This idea that you should change yourself, not the world, that mm. I think really crushed feminism in a big way and yeah. created space for trans and Judith Butler and postmodern garbage to just walk in, right? Had all the space in the world, had the keys to the door. And then if you look at the left, this is also what has destroyed the left now, which is that, you know, your politics is your identity and it's it's one of the the words you can put on your profile to interact with people, whether on a dating app or social media, and this is what you do now. And all I remember, you know, all this analysis in the 2000s by philosophers, by people into politics, and they'd say, hey, everyone's got to be a walking CV. Well, now you have to be a walking social media profile or a walking, you know, advert for yourself on your dating app. You should be that in real life or in so conversation. having a brand and having an aesthetic yeah. and having a... Well, and, it's the, and it's the total immersion of the self as commodity form. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And this kind of um, fascination with kind of USSR era aesthetics, which I know we use for our podcast. You know, but... I like, I, yeah, I like them too. But I know that it's just aesthetics. It's not meaningful itself other than, oh, I quite but like this. I think this. the people who are participating in it uh, do actually know that it's aesthetics. Mm. They're just fetishizing the aesthetic. Yeah. They're obsessed with with the aesthetic. There's no difference because they don't because they don't have a, a concept because it isn't Weimar Germany. They don't yeah. have a concept of what to be a communist would but, actually. But well, mean. well this is the problem, right? I still have political energies, but I'm like where is a vehicle? I mean, once yeah. you're in a socialist group, so I was in the SUP for 5 5 years and then it collapsed. I had to leave because I just couldn't tolerate what was going on around this rape case. And then you look for other groups to be part of because you're like, but I'm so used to being in a group. You start to think, oh, what project is coming up? I remember when the SNP won the general election, 2015, 2014, mm-hmm. maybe actually. And I mean, they were the party of the Scottish working class. Yeah. They were to the left of Labour. They were saying all of this, we want to be part of the Scandinavian, social democratic, getting rid of poverty. And Scotland has a fucking drugs yeah. problem. And a poverty problem. And a, but it's, and it's linked to the poverty but, and deprivation, but far more than even Wales and, you know, let alone England, Scotland has this, um, this underbelly. They have the worst health outcomes in the yep. UK. So the idea that they would be saying, oh, no, no, we want to be Norway or Sweden, obviously this would completely renovate the conditions of the working class there. And SNP, you know, this is why that Mary Black woman... Um, 19-year-old lesbian or whatever she was. I think she's old. She must be older now. But it worked in a chip shop. She got elected because there was this huge swing. Yeah. To be honest, if they'd known they were going to win, they probably would have had a party stalwart who'd been in for 20 years. But it was like, oh, we want to have a diverse range of candidates. We'll have a young person stand this time. And there was this huge swing um, after the Scottish referendum. Um, and I just, yeah, I feel like... Uh, I thought, wow, maybe that's going to be a thing. 
and it wasn't. And I remember there was this green surge. I thought maybe the Green Party, you know, the liberals basically, but they talk about anti-capitalism. And then they showed how shit they are about racism over the look for ramen ousting in East London. And I thought, oh no, they're actually just like other politicians. They're just kind of, they'll capitalise off anything basically, including racism. And I thought, well, okay, <laughs> I just wrote them off after that. And then there was Corbyn. Yeah. And I must have printed off 300 posters for Corbyn and put them up within the first day of me kind of realising that it was on. And I put them up all around King's Cross, UCL, wherever. And it was about saying, you know, um, it's just for him running for leader, basically. And there was this huge feeling of momentum. And even people that were centrist were voting for him because he just seems, he is so genuine. And he doesn't, has this thing of other people give a politician's answer and he doesn't. Or he certainly didn't then. And even then, in 2015, well, things is... felt more possible. And, you know, he would get to ask, are you a Marxist? And he'd give a really thoughtful answer that basically said, I think that Marx is an incredibly important philosopher and he informs my thinking today. And the idea that this guy could be prime minister. But I just get to the point, if you want to burn down your house, burn down the opportunity for quality of life, for working in poor people, for livable wages, for affordable housing. If you want to burn that down so that you can keep your pornography and your prostitutes and you can continue cross-dressing for your sexual thrills, then fuck you. Fuck you. I'm never joining you ever again. This is what it comes down to. Even the Social Democrats, in in the case of Corbyn, in the case of the NDP in Canada, in the case of Bernie Sanders in the US, if you want to burn down your house because you want to try and convince 51% of the population that they should get naked around the opposite sex against their consent, this is your bed you've made it. What am I supposed to do? Come, like, stoop to this level. I can't, I can't do it. And we're going to have, like, the, the conservatives. It's going to be conservatives, and then it's probably going to be fascists. As, we, as, we, as, as more of these plagues start happening... As um, we go into another Great Depression, and 2008 was a depression. It, you know, people call it a Great Recession. It was a depression. COVID is it is causing and will continue to cause a massive financial meltdown, and the cost of living issues are only going to get worse. The supply chain, supply chain issues, all of these things, and we're going to have middle of the road, normal conservatives, and then it will be fascists because the because the left has so embarrassed itself. These liberals, these social democrats, and even these communists have so embarrassed themselves for the right for men to wank off in a fucking tutu that now we're not going to have, we're going to have, we are going to have a fascist. Well, it's Likely. happening in Europe already. It's happening in Europe already. Absolutely. The left is so, de- I used to, you know, I used to be like, oh, the post leftists, they're so skeptical. They're right. They're right. It's dead. It's over. Case closed. Done. If you really want no, but like, what am I? It's so depressing to say? though because it's like, well, I still, I just think Marx is so valuable. But then, yeah, there isn't, there isn't, there unless is something not, radically there is changes. No appetite. There isn't anything out there that is. I have noticed some of them have done attractive. a backtrack on um, kind of the craziest parts of CRT and Robin D'Angelo and abolish the police and that sort of thing. A lot of the social democrats have done a backtrack on that. But they'll never backtrack on. They'll never backtrack on, on men's rights right to, to to ejaculate wherever they want. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's <sighs> a depressing end. But no, I really think so. Like, I can't, I can't, like when Rosie Duffield, and I've spoken to conservative women who have said the same thing to me. Rosie Duffield, to be for clarity, is not a conservative. Two separate women have said this to me. This kind of abusive relationship with the left thing. Mm. I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to have it anymore. Um, I can't debase myself with this shit for a second longer. And if you want to be like, oh, come join my irrelevant sect. I, I remember one time I tweeted, I was like, don't join communist organizations. They all have rape problems. And I had this, like, these obsessives from this one particular um, sect of a sect of a sect trying to convince me that their group of 10 people are not that way. Like, okay, great. But, but it's also what? like, you don't deserve my energy. Because actually, I do have a lot of interest in Marx. So I'll fucking write about Marx. Or here we are doing our podcast. Or I'll, you know, put an article on the internet that uses Marxism, whatever. There's so many other things that I ended up just thinking, you know, I could just be spending my time so much better, uh, whether it's, yeah, you know, even doing some work for my professional life or seeing a friend or <laughs> it's a leisure activity to use my Marxist uh, category, spending time, you know, with your partner in the end, as like, if there's no vehicle that's worth my time, I can't just lower my bar, right? And just, I, I remember realizing- But also they're not going to win. Like, even if I were to say, oh, um, there's some great social democratic candidate, I'm going to go campaign for them. The second they're like, oh, women, go get undressed around perverts and change rooms, they're going to lose. Yeah. So what would be the point? Yeah. I can think of like much more productive ways to spend my time. Well, what I mean is even, you know, I remember going to a housing campaign, I think in 2014. And I, again, although I kind of just realized that there were a couple serious people there that were trade unionists, but a lot of the people there, again, it was just for social contact. And I just thought, this is the left now. Like, what's the point? No one here is very organized. And actually, you can see it in feminism often. Um, it was often me that would just like, you know, like do the printing, uh, do the designing, whatever it is, because I was used to doing that kind of thing for flyers. And then I would hear these stories from friends that would say, oh, yeah, we wanted a woman in our group to do a design and she asked for money. And I'd be like, what? And they say, yeah. And um, I mean, this is this is rather feminism, I think, that, you know, like the middle class version. I don't think this is what women in Scotland are like at all, right? Because they're mm. really up against it. And I think they're mainly working class. Um, but this idea that you're a consumer or you're a or you're an employee or whatever, that this idea of just being an activist, that it's part of your life, other than it being your branding it isn't very prevalent anymore. It's not the norm. And again, I think I mentioned it before on some other podcasts that I would see women at feminist events treat the organisers so badly because they just saw it as, but I'm a consumer, I bought a ticket and you're providing a service. There wasn't this idea of like, yeah, but we're, we're here together. We're in different roles, but there's something happening here. We're trying to build something. This isn't just for your enjoyment. That was it. And more and more whether it's being in the left or feminism, it's it's for your personal yeah, enjoyment or some reason for yourself. And I just never thought that. I never thought feminism is for my happiness or it's for me to make friends. And I never thought being on the left is for my betterment. Well, that's how most people view politics now, though. Like I saw a TikTok that was like being radicalized by the right. Yeah. He was like being radicalized by the right um means oh wow i got a better paying job a wife and i'm more beloved by my church and my community and i go to the gym and eat a protein, protein diet high protein, protein diet. diet wow 
being radicalized by the left. Wow, my dick is chopped off and I have an axe wound instead. Yes, this went viral. I saw that as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's very, it's very true, unfortunately. So but to summarize, the left is bereft <laughs> since, I mean, I don't know since this turn in 2014. Um, in the UK, it happened way earlier. With these two, yes, in the UK, with these two currents of the left kind of disintegrating, they're leaving lots of space open for the surge of young people who grew up on the internet that brought in liberal ideas. They went unchallenged because I thought, that, oh my God, young people again. I think the SWP was exceptional and the left had disintegrated long before that. Honestly, in the UK, I, I mean, there was just nothing. Look, when I, look, when I started uh, at university in the mid-2000s, okay, to, more towards the end, when I was an undergrad, there was a nightclub the year before I arrived called Red Sandwich that was a socialist club night every week. It was called Red Sandwich because there was Club Sandwich, which was on a Wednesday, and Red Sandwich was on a Friday. It was part of the atmosphere and it was just the norm. We had the army band off campus and it was a a unilateral vote. Yeah. It was just really normal. Like, there's also, you know, in the student world, they've got rid of student meetings. At LSE, there was a general meeting every week. Hundreds would go and you were allowed to throw paper at people off the balcony onto the stage. And all those kind of fun things. Um, and they got rid of it. So only the executive would go and you could go and watch the executive speak maybe but it wasn't this it wasn't democratic there has been an onslaught in yeah. the last 15 years yeah we were just way ahead and we're seeing the the fruits of that now um is that the left can't take on these questions but you know part of me is glad that the left can't win because they're so into pushing trans ideology transgenderism and prostitution and prostitution and, pornography. and porn and justifying and BDSM and, and yeah. yeah yeah anyway on that note so we'll do a part three where we talk more about the present and lament yeah. things even more and then speculate about the future Hannah thinks it's fascism I have a bit more hope than that <laughs> I think it's climate disaster but I maybe mean, not fascism like a lot of young people are like super trad and are like joining opus day you know like, the re- you know this thing reject modernity embrace tradition it's huge and they mean the 19th century oh no they want like like feudalism yes like, like there are mo- there are monarchists in my uh class that i teach they're gen z's and they want a monarchy rule oh no like trad is like massive like traditional religious stuff like everyone's like a Calvinist or like <laughs> or like a fucking Vatican II rejecting Tradcath or like a real religious fundamentalist Muslim. Like everyone's becoming religious. Like it's looking not good. I'm not an anti-religion person, by the way, generally speaking. But, but there's like, certain forms. That no, are... I mean like this kind of religiosity is not good. But it's the only way to be a rebel now, right? That's what Tim Dillon said. Yeah, so this is so what funny. Which is, this is how teenagers are being. Teenagers are like, no, I don't want to have sex and maybe I never will. And everyone's like, oh my God, what's wrong with my kid? That's the new nose or ring. I'm going to like go to mass and like wear a tie and like dress modest. Like there's like Gen Z girls who are like Christians who are like, I want to cover my hair like they say in the Bible. Yeah. That is the new tattoo. The new nose ring as a teenager to freak your parents out. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. It's not looking good, is all I'm saying. (laughs) We'll discuss that next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Bye-bye.